The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's Mary McKeown and Carl Thomas with us for our weekly dispatch from the United States. And Carl, unfortunately, we have to start with yet another school shooting. This time, six people dead at a private Christian school in Nashville. And yet again, will anything been done about making sure that guns are limited in their supply to people? Well, Matt, I think we need to start uh, not with guns, but with prevention. Uh, The uh, accused uh, woman who is dead now named Audrey Hale had texted her best friend saying she wanted to die. And the friend immediately called the sheriff's office and was told to call a non-emergency number. She said she did and was put on hold for seven minutes. So that's one thing. Second, security works. Hale had visited another location and skipped it because of its tighter security that apparently included an armed guard. Though Covenant School had locked doors, she shot her way in. It had no armed security. Police reaction was great, but it was still 13 minutes before they got there. And as we've discussed before on the program, somebody intent on using any kind of weapon, whether it's this kind or another kind, is going to find a way to get it no matter how many laws are passed. This is a horrible, evil thing. I know people who know people who were parts of the families who were affected by this, and they're completely devastated. What do you make of that, Marion McKeown? This is a prevention issue. Um, you know, I think that this is, I don't know the answer to this. There have been 13 school shootings in America so far this year in which people have been killed and injured. Okay, that's one a week uh, so far this year. And that's just the school shootings. We're not talking about all the other ones that we've heard about the mass shootings that we've spoken about three or four times already this year in this program. There has to be a ban on assault weapons. Okay, now it's not going to prevent all school shootings. It's not going to prevent all shootings, but it will minimise the damage done because you cannot shoot as fast with a regular gun as you can with an assault weapon. Bill Clinton banned assault weapons in 1994. The number of mass shootings and the casualty levels dropped dramatically after that. George W. Bush, in the you know in the pay of the gun lobby, let it let that um, ban expire after the, after ten years when when he was president, which was unforgivable and and showed a total disregard for the lives of ordinary Americans over the gun lobbyists. Uh, Now that ban needs to be brought back, but it will take congressional legislation. As Joe Biden already said today, the president, the US president cannot do that. He's done executive orders. There was bipartisan legislation passed last year that just nibbled around the edges of the problem. But you know, Matt, you're always going to have mass shootings in America. And I think think that is just a realistic... Well, actually, Marion, there's a listener who says here this is the 126th mass shooting in the United States this year. We're less than 90 days into the year. Nothing will ever change. Another one says 63 children have been shot in the USA in schools so far this year. This is a uniquely American problem. And Cal, this listener who wants this put directly to you saying, come on Cal, needing to have security at schools is a problem in itself. It's unnecessary if guns and more importantly assault weapons are not so freely available. That's the most effective preventative measure that listener says to you. Well, there are hundreds, perhaps thousands of so-called assault weapons, which most people can't define, I would argue, uh, out there already. So what are you going to do if you pass a law banning all future ones? What are you going to do about the thousands that are out there? You're going to confiscate them? 
That's not going to happen under the Second Amendment of our Constitution. Listen, evil exists. It manifests itself in many, many ways. And the fact that there was security at this other school that this woman cased first and decided not to go in and uh, shoot people inside that school, but go to another one that she regarded and that she had attended, by the way, uh, as a child and do her damage there shows that security does work. We have seen instances in the United States where armed guards and churches have taken down people who sought to do mass killings in churches. It's the old line that a good person with a gun can uh, effectively uh, uh a combat a bad person with a gun. But you see, Carl, I think what a lot of people on this side of the Atlantic are thinking is, you're crazy for guns. You're crazy because of guns. We I don't, don't have guns. No, no, but hold on a second. I'm talking about the <laughs> the problem the American society has. Because our children, sorry, Carl, our children are safe in our schools. Yeah, we don't yeah. have well, to have security like this. Nobody's ever gotten and shot a child in a school in Ireland. A lot of people who are for more gun laws are part of the Hollywood community that promote in their entertainment programs on American television every night and in the movies that are made, uh, gun violence, people, uh, very graphic gun violence with, uh, you know, when I was growing up, when you had uh, uh, Westerns on TV, you would have good guys shoot bad guys, but you wouldn't see anybody bleeding to death. And you knew it was all just acting. But now it is graphic. It is full of gore. And these people are complete hypocrites when they claim that they are, it's sort of like the environmentalists, you know, they go to all of these environmental meetings in their private jets and SUVs. So they are contributing to this and they can they can take responsibility for some of it. Cal, we have exactly the same television and movies here and we don't go out killing and shooting people because we see these things or play those video games. Marion, you wanted to get back in. Yes, I did. Uh, can I just say, Cal, two things there. In response to your, it takes, you know, a good, all it takes to, for a bad person with a gun to stop them is a good person with a gun. That was categorically proven to be untrue in Uvalde when 25 children died inside a classroom because the police, the alleged good guys with the guns, were afraid to tackle the shooter. In Parkland, you spoke about school security. There was school security in Parkland. 17 children were still killed. You know, you cannot have a situation where it seems like you're proposing that every church needs to have an armed guard, every school needs to have armed guards. Why Why have America turn itself into a prison, an open prison like this? It's insane. Why not just take out the weapons? And yes, it has been done before where you ban assault weapons. It was done in Australia. I know there are millions of assault weapons in America, not tens of thousands. Nobody's saying it's going to be easy, but you've got to make it illegal to possess them. People have got to be able to hand them back in. And if they don't hand them back in, then they've got to be fined and they've got that's got to be a criminal offense. You know, that's it, not going to happen. This, I, I, you know, I actually realized I say that that's not going to happen, but it should. And as soon as, you know, Americans, about 70% of Americans now favor gun safety. I saw earlier this morning, John Kasich being interviewed, a Republican governor who of Ohio, who really pushed for gun legislation. He said, until people start coming out in the streets en masse to protest this, that nothing's going to change. And I think Americans do need to really look hard at, is this the kind of society we want? Okay. They've protested many other things. I want to move slightly on because, Cal, you can probably explain to listeners who maybe were too young to realise what happened at the time or haven't heard of it, what happened in Waco 30 years ago? 
Well, that was a uh, storming by federal uh, marshals of the Branch Davidian cult. And uh, these were a bunch of people who followed a guy named David Koresh, who uh, had this twisted view <clears throat> of religion and uh, uh, fancied himself as some kind of spiritual leader and had a whole bunch of people who followed him. Janet Reno, who was then Bill Clinton's uh, uh, attorney general, ordered, uh, after many, many days of trying to negotiate with him, uh, ordered the uh, the federal marshals in to take him out and kill a whole bunch of other people, by the way. The fact that Donald Trump went there over the weekend, I think, was as disgusting as I can think of. I mean, this, uh, you know, I've seen some headlines about uh, Waco, Waco, the town being Waco, Texas. I think Trump every day virtually proves himself unworthy of the office he once held. And the the key here in this, in my view, is that a lot of the people who supported him are now starting to abandon him and look for another Republican candidate. He's never going to win back or he's never going to win those people who didn't vote him before. So I, I hope he doesn't win the nomination. But if he does, I feel rather certain he will not win the general election. I certainly hope not. Well, let's hear a little bit of this Waco speech he made at the weekend. And 2024 is the final battle. That's going to be the big one. If you put me back in the White House, their reign will be over and America will be a free nation once again. The only way to stop these arsonists is to rebuke and reject this evil persecution by sending us straight back to the White House to expel the communists and the Marxists and all of them in 2024. And we'll do it in short order. These thugs are allowed to roam the streets, killing, looting, burning, raping and pillaging patriotic parents, Christians, conservatives, pro-life activists are being hounded by the FBI and the DOJ like terrorists. They're being treated so badly. That's just some of it. Marion, how insidious is it that he would go for the 30th anniversary of the Waco shooting there to issue such a provocative speech? Well, you know what? As Cal said, Waco, it's not just a dog whistle. It's a, it's a full-on five-alarm bell to all the far-right. Timothy McVeigh justified the blowing up of the, the building in Oklahoma, killing 300 people and more than that uh, with Waco. It was the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, all of these far-right militias cite Waco as their reason for existing, that it was because of Waco that they formed. So for Trump to go there in the 30th anniversary of Waco and call for all this, you know, and just the, the language that he used and this sort of, you know, you can see the marks of Steve Bannon in, in things Trump says. I wrote quite a while ago about the parallels between Mussolini and Trump and, and his language and his rhetoric. Trump is no student of history, but Bannon is and fancies himself as such. And this is to me, it's so overtly provocative. It's not even covert anymore. I really do think that Trump wants to see another January 6th, not, you know, that not not is he appalled and ashamed by what happened there but he wants it to happen again and again you know this song Justice for All which was played there with footage of the riots uh, it's it's by the January 6th choir which is people who, who were convicted of offences on January 6th with Trump reciting the Pledge of Allegiance this is what is he trying to do here he is trying to provoke people again but you know I wasn't at the rally I spoke to two people who were they said the crowd wasn't that big and I really think and another thing that happened was, I mean, 
Uh, Ron DeSantis is is no Donald Trump when it comes to charisma, but apparently when he started dissing Ron DeSantis at this rally, the crowd just went silent. So, And I saw that happen at CPAC as well, even though that is Trump territory. I'm not saying DeSantis will be the elect, the candidate. I think he'd be terrible as well. But I think that Trump, as Cal said, I think he's losing um, some supporters gradually, and I don't think he's gaining any new ones. Okay, just briefly, Cal, you keep bringing up Joe Biden's fitness to run for a second term. But it's really interesting to see that while 74% of Democrats polled have a favourable opinion of him, only 25% want him to run for a second term. But if he wasn't to run, who would the Republicans fear as a Democrat nominee? Well, it's a great question, and nobody really knows, Matt. Uh, I think uh, there are several things to the Democrats worry about, and Republicans too, and maybe independents. Uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, is is viewed as very weak. Uh, they don't want her running uh, as their candidate. I think uh, they think uh, Democrats do that uh, she could be defeated by almost any Republican. So I don't know who else is out there, some Democrats, uh, governors maybe, uh, but nobody has come to the fore because nobody wants to challenge Joe Biden right now. It's still early, but it's not that early. You've got to raise money. You've got to get name recognition out there if you're not nationally known. And, uh, you know, the first debates are later this summer. What do you reckon briefly, Marion, when it comes to potential replacements? Uh, you know, there aren't that many. I think maybe Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of uh, Michigan, who I think has done a really good job. Gavin Newsom is a really good governor in California, but he would be seen as too elitist. He's too white. He's too rich. He owns a vineyard. He hangs out with the Pelosi's. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's a problem for Democrats. And I think it is a problem, this lack of enthusiasm, because that will affect turnout. Um, you know, that that's, you know, if you if you haven't got a candidate like an Obama who sets the country alight, pretty much, it does affect turnout. Now, in 2020, people came out to block Trump. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024 if it's if it's not Trump. Uh, what will happen with Biden? I think it's going to be Biden for sure, because at this stage, I think he would have already said if it wasn't. Thank you very much, Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.